Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I am what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast Week 1 Opening Weekend Review with your co-host here, Travis, and my other co-host, Alex. Very good. Coming back at you. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, basically, you know, we're looking to just talk about, you know, the opening weekend that we just had in Major League Baseball um, starting uh, last Thursday um, and leading all the way up to we can go probably to Sunday and then, of course, you know, cover the games that happened yesterday, which was Monday night, and then covering uh, some of the games that are, are going on right now, Tuesday, and some of the games that just happened this afternoon. But basically, um, yeah, I mean, let's 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 get right into it. Uh, me and Alex went to uh, opening day this past uh, Thursday uh, night, and at it the was, big A, it was uh, it was one heck of a game. I mean, we we saw everything. I mean, what, what was what was the most impressive part that you saw that night? I think the thing that stood out to me the most uh, was just easily the presence of the crowd, despite being. I think I think. I think now they're approved for more, but I think at opening day, they were at 10, 10% capacity or something like that. But when Mike Trout came up to bat in the eighth inning with men on, men on first and third in a down by one scenario, the MVP chance were just rocking the whole stadium. And it was actually really crazy that, you know, so few, you know, a 10% capacity crowd was able to generate that kind of, that kind of a ruckus. And then Mike Trout responded in a big way with the, you know, game tying single. Yeah. He kind of cheered a bit, uh, pumped his fist <clears> at first base. And then, you know, the rally continued from there. But, you know, I think that inning, just seeing the rally happen, uh, and, you know, there's no, there's no denying that the crowd had played a big part in that. Most I think, definitely. I think just that being back and that being another part of baseball that we get to experience throughout the season is just going to be so awesome. What, no, what, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, not being, you know, at a, at a, sporting event for i mean yeah i mean more than more than 12 months now um having at least you know 20 20 percent capacity and and just hearing you know the chants and the crowd going crazy at certain points of the game it definitely was you know uh very very nice to hear that and uh get back to kind of like that new normal now um and hope we can get back to that sort of uh crowds and atmospheres um, with all that stuff, but definitely was a, a great weekend for, you know, any baseball fan, um, just getting back into the groove of it. But, uh, basically, you know, we want to talk about the opening weekend here with kind of just reviewing that we want to go over, um, some of our, you know, disappointing and, and impressive, um, teams and players from this past weekend and from the past, you know, first, uh, five games of the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to start off by saying to Alex, you know, asking him what's, what in his mind he had for, you know, some of the, you know, I guess, disappointing and um, impressing, you know, teams and players that he had in his mind. So I'll start with impressive uh, players that really, um, you know, kind of went above and beyond. Who, who'd you have in mind for your for your weekend opener? So, yeah, um, I think for my uh, impressive players, I would be remiss to not mention Shohei Otani. Obviously getting a chance to see him live, uh, you know, in the Big A twice now and then also just watching his his performance on on Easter Sunday with the 
you know, miraculous first uh, AB of the day for him, home run, as well as only giving up one earned through, I believe, five innings of work, was it? I think it was four and two-thirds 4.2, with the yeah. injury, but yeah, almost five. Right, essentially essentially, <clears throat> he, he, get, he gets pulled uh, after getting a, the, a strikeout to end the inning, and unfortunately, pass balls happen. But, um, you know, pretty dumb rule. <laughs> History of it with the Angels, but that's okay. Either way, um, yeah, I think that outing from him, from both pitching and hitting, just combined with the amazing spring training he had, mm-hmm. as well as just the overall. I mean, he's 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 just he's also hitting the ball for contact so far this season. Uh, he has the he has the uh, you know the monster shot he hit on on, on Sunday. Um, I, I I you know it it wouldn't be fair to have this segment without mentioning what he is currently doing. Um, and also the intention that he's, uh, you know, bringing to himself and bringing to the angels, you know, the sports writers, um, uh, and people on, on, you know, social media, people on Twitter, just, you know, the amount of videos of, of Shoei hitting home runs and throwing splitters in the dirt that, you know, batters had to bite on were, you know, it was just incredible. So if he can continue this kind of momentum, uh, I think it's just going to be so huge for the sport and, uh, super huge for the angels. Definitely. And I, I mean, I was thinking about it too. I mean, him, him doing what he's doing right now, and I mean, even even the way that hitting the ball um, on Sunday night, I think that first home run or that second home run of uh, of the season. I mean, if you were listening on ESPN, that I mean, it, it just sounded different from from a from a fan's perspective and watching on 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 the TV. It it did not sound like a regular baseball being hit. I mean, that ball was absolutely covered, and I mean, you saw it in the crowd that thing went like almost fifteen rows up. So. It was very, very impressive, and, and if he can keep this up, um, I mean, I think the AL MVP is 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 pretty much almost his. Um, I know he's got another teammate that probably will have another favoritism and kind of get in the MVP as well. But um, yeah, very, very impressive start um, with that. Any any other players you had as well? Yeah, um, I I think I think I want to I want to talk about uh, Degrom a little bit. Um, obviously, you can't say too much after one start, but. Everything I've seen from DeGrom is sort of, you know, in his in his one start um, that was yesterday. It was just everything that we saw was just kind of reaffirming uh, what, you know, who he's been the last few seasons. Currently, he is uh, coming off the, a season where he got second in Cy Young voting for the National League uh, behind Trevor Bauer. And I think in many people's estimation, if it were a full season, there's a pretty good chance DeGrom would have continued uh, playing at that level, whereas someone like Bauer might, you know, might have a little more up and down in his, um, you know, in his, you know, uh, season uh, performance. But, uh, you know, regardless, right before that season, he had the back-to-back Cyongs, of course. And right now, you know, he is the, uh, right now he's the, you know, Vegas betting favorite for National League Cy Young. And based on what we saw in his opening, his opening night, uh, because obviously their opening game was postponed, um, he hit the highest uh he hit 102 miles per hour which was which was the highest for uh the season so far mm-hmm. i believe and i it actually beat shohei right i think yeah. shohei actually had the record for At highest like 101.3 or for, something like that yeah, fastest pitch of the season and then duck grom's first start blows by 102 um funnily funny enough speaking of shohei yeah he also had uh or Degrom also had rbi single so maybe pitchers can hit these days but <laughs> As, as, the universal DH does not look like it. It'll be put into effect. Yeah, Degrom, Degrom's <laughs> proving him wrong. Sorry, sorry, Shohei, but, but yeah, uh, back to back to back to Jacob Degrom. I just think the 
trajectory he's on right now uh based on what we saw in his in his you know six scoreless innings he threw for the Mets um I think he's you know he he just has to be the favorite for National League Cy Young and I think based on what we saw there's a really good chance that he's going to keep this momentum he's had over the past three seasons uh, continuing into this fourth season and I actually want to bring up some other just kind of interesting names to kind of keep in mind from just the history of baseball um these are guys I'm going to bring up who have had uh, either three or four Cy Young uh, seasons in the last few decades in just a span of uh, four years. So four years, three or four Cy Youngs. Um, DeGrom, I think, is on pace for this, and I don't want to jinx him, but I do think that, you know, he's the caliber of pitcher that, you know, is ready to, uh, you know, try to join this kind of Mount Rushmore of, of names of the last few decades. Uh, the first, the most recent person to do this was Kershaw. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, obviously the, the pitcher of the generation, kind of. He won the Cy Young in 2011, and he got second place uh, in Cy Young in 2012, and then 13 and 14, he won back-to-back. So that would be a very similar sort of four-year stretch that DeGrom had. Um, you, can, you can go back a little further to uh, Randy Johnson, and for the Diamondbacks, Randy had actually four straight Cy Young years uh, winning the award for the National League, which is just an incredible, incredible feat. Um, and the reason they call him the big unit. That is the reason. The reason, yeah, precisely. Uh, and then if you want to go back a bit further, uh, Pedro Martinez had another uh, very similar stretch to these guys that I'm uh, listing off. He won the Cy Young in uh, Montreal in 97. Then he goes to Boston, gets second place his first year in Boston, and then wins back-to-back in 99 and 2000, with 2000 sort of being his magnum opus season that, you know, really just kind of put him on the map as like an all-time pitcher. Um, and then lastly, a guy I want to bring up is uh, Greg Maddox, who was, you know, sort of the pitcher of the 90s, uh, you could say. And he, you know, has four straight Cy Youngs, starting with Chicago in Chicago Cubs that be, uh, in 1992, and then winning three in a row uh, the next three seasons after that for Atlanta in uh, 93, 94, and 95. So... I just I I'm just trying to I'm just trying to jog you know the the memory of the listeners or kind of cue them in on what Degrom actually can do here in terms of historical uh you know his kind of place in baseball history if he does you know continue that first outing throughout the season this sort of you know absolute dominance and you know the fastball is coming as fast as ever the slider is looking amazing as it always does if he can continue this um I I don't really see who's going to contend with him for the Cy Young award in the National League. Um, I do kind of regret not betting on him when we were in Vegas, Travis, but we, I kind of messed up, messed up on that, but, um, he was the favorite. So I think the return wasn't going to be great, but I just kind of want to, uh, emphasize what is at stake here. If he can put up another, you know, legendary season, I think he's now in the conversation. I'm not going to say he's better than Randy Johnson or Kershaw or, you know, Maddox or Pedro, but I think he, that kind of joins the kind of Mount Rushmore type group of, this is what my peak looked like for four years. For four years, I was not only the best pitcher in the league, but every single year I was the guy. And not many people can ever say that um, in no, their careers. And, and I, I have to also say too, as well as, you know, I, I think there are guys that are like, you know, they, they have careers like, you know, Granky or like, um, you know, Justin Verlander where, you know, they're going to be Hall of Famers. But I feel like you have guys like DeGrom and Kershaw and these guys where they just become almost above a class of Hall of Famers. They're just beyond the Absolutely. the elite of the elite. And so I really feel like DeGrom right now, him and Trout are just kind of the 
the elite of the elite in their primes right now in the league. Um, and, you know, just watch them go out every day and every year, you know, you know, you're going to get greatness every single year when they go, go and compete. And so, um, definitely I, I see as him as like almost a different kind of human being and pitcher when, when he takes them out. I mean, you, you look at his numbers the past five years, I think he still has an ERA below two two point one. 2.1. I, I like, I like that you bring up uh, the names like Kershaw or sorry, like a Verlander and Granke to, you know. Mm-hmm. absolute hall of famers you know at least in my book for Grinky, consistency um, for you know longevity of you it, know, 15 yeah. years for them it's the longevity it's the consistent greatness consistently very very good for the span of you know over, you know well over a decade mm-hmm. and they're both you know gonna have you know very legendary careers when it's said and done uh you know there are many guys kind of in that same list as them some better than them some worse than them but the amount of guys who have like this kind of peak we're talking about with the Grum, this like very you know specific set of a few years mm-hmm. where they were just you know just mm-hmm. absolute like unarguable one of one best in the league. Um, I think it's super special. Yeah. I don't want people to kind of miss out on understanding what we're seeing from Degrom uh, as we head into this you know fourth year of potential just absolute dominance. And it's not like you know he's getting you know ninth or or seventh in the Cy Young voting. It's kind of like Trout. He's getting first or second. It's every single year he is the the finalist right. for And the second the, was the short season, so Exactly. Even, even that exactly. you're thinking, okay, this guy's still the best pitcher in baseball. No, and 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 you know, I think everyone knows last season, you know, I think if you had to win a game, you are going to go with Jacob DeGrom. I mean, I know Bauer had a great season, Darvish had a great season, but you just know that some some guys are just, you know, almost built different. And so right. um it, it's it's definitely, you know, it's it's very apparent that, you know, what what he's doing is is really really special. But um Oh, correction. I guess in 2020, DeGrom finished third. But I think, if, yeah, if you just look at the numbers, you know, we all have a good sense that he could have continued that greatness and ended up with, you know, very very good chance of him getting first if, easily, you know, the easily. season continued to 162 games. Easily, easily. Um, so, and, and moving kind of for my impressive players of the weekend and, and, and basically the first five games, um, basically I'm staying in the, uh, staying, staying with two players that actually I saw play, um, Two, two times this past weekend. Um, first player is going to be uh, Jared Walsh. Um, really, really was impressed with everything that he had to offer um, coming out. And I, I think he he started his first game, was it, I believe it might have been on Saturday night. I think uh, he started because I know Pujols had to start Thursday against Giolito. And then I believe, yeah. and then Pujols, yeah, then again started against because, Keiko. Because the lefty, yeah. Because the lefty-lefty matchup. But, but um. So yeah, Walsh got yeah Walsh got the nod on the Saturday against Lynn against yeah. Lynn yep yep and so yeah but basically you know came into the game on Saturday had a huge huge clutch hit uh, late in the ball game with a triple that I believe tied it or very close to tied it and then um, Upton ended up hitting the home run to um, give him the lead but you know almost created that spark to win that game Saturday night um, coming back against the White Sox um, and then I mean. Sunday night was kind of spoke for itself. It, it I mean, was Walsh's. That night. was Walsh's night. That was that. That was. It, it was funny because Walsh is pretty much in comparison to Shohei. He he was a pitcher coming up in the minors as well as a hitter, and so him and Shohei were always kind of the universal players for the Angels. Um, and and definitely Sunday night proved. I mean, absolutely demolished those baseballs. I mean, going hitting all areas of the field, hitting you know. Um, to walk it off, hitting it to left center, and then to um, to actually give them the lead, I believe in the seventh or sixth inning, um, um, just ripped it 
um, into the uh, the right field bleachers. But very, very impressive. You know, watching him on uh, Monday and then also earlier today, it just seems like he's like, you know, a very good compliment to Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. I mean, if, if, if you get – most of the time you're not going to get Trout and Rendon out, but if you get one of them out – one of the, the other one's going to get on base and then you have Walsh coming up and, and he just seems to find gaps or to even start rallies. I mean, he he has been, you know, a really true contributor in the first five games. Um, I know some of those numbers, of course, are going to go down because right now he's batting 385. Um, but it's 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 very apparent that he is, you know, really filling the void at first base. And so it's uh, it's nice to see that and also get another lefty in the uh, in the Angels lineup. And um, and with all For that, sure. so. So it's so that that that's my one. I mean, of course, really impressive guy. And then I have to, you know, I have to give credit to the, to the next guy, uh, Yermin uh, Mercedes on the White Sox. I mean, uh, AL Player of the Week um, did something that no one had ever done in White Sox or Major League history, and that is, you know, start start the season. And I honestly think it was start the career. Start the career. Yeah, he he had one at bat, one at bat. I believe in 2020. I'm looking at it right now. So one at bat he had in 2020. But then you know, starting pretty much his main career because you know of 2020 being kind of a weird year um starting at eight for eight and you know going doing it so on friday night going five for five and then um three for three on saturday night i mean just an impressive outing and i mean you know all these numbers are going to go down just because it's only you know uh 18 at bats right now for him but still right now hitting you know 667 um ops of you know 1684 uh, right now it is it is crazy. You know, he's leading most of the AL and the Mer- and the MLB in um, in hitting categories. But you know, just one of those cool stories that comes out and um, you know really surprises you. He is you know hitting on you know hitting all areas of the field. And, and it's funny because I was you know we were watching him, Alex, on opening day. Um, got to the game pretty early, oh, yeah. and and you know we saw this guy in the cage. And me and me and Alex, you know, we thought we knew everybody in, in Major League Baseball. We were like, who is this? You know, sh- I, I, short I, I, short chubby guy that's just I, I that's asked, just launching him. I asked Travis like, yeah. Who's this guy that keeps just ripping it in the in the in the in the uh, the BP? And I was, you know, I I had no idea who it was. And no, you know, no, exactly. He, and and he did, he didn't make the opening day lineup. So yeah, if, because I mean, Yasmani Grandal is going to play, and then they had um, uh, Zach Collins. Zach DH-ing. Collins batted, yeah, that's right. And so I think because it was it was they just wanted the lefty righty matchup, but. Um, yeah, I mean, even in BP, it's, it's crazy how you see some of these guys and, and you can just definitely see why they're swinging in, uh, in batting practice. And, um, but in the, in that second game against Heaney, that, that, that's, that was a five for five game. That I was believe. a five for five. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. He just totally asserted himself as like, uh, he's going to be a part of their, of their, you know, their lineup, yeah. even it's, if it's not everyday role. Like, and especially with e- Eloy going down. Right. You definitely have a new spot and, You're and, filling he, and he took it. Yeah. With a, with a, you know, a, a righty who has, you know, apparently has contact and pop and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we're looking, we're looking at a guy who's, you know, hopefully going to get some reps uh, no, definitely. help his team out a lot. Um, definitely. We definitely. saw him, we saw him do some damage last weekend. Yeah. I think guys are starting to be moved around in positions because I know that they're going to probably have him um, be, you know, Grandall's kind of backup catcher, but, you know, Grandall will still be the main, uh, you know, primary catcher, but, you know, definitely the DH role. Um you saw Mercedes kind of creep up more and more in the lineup as the uh, the series uh, as the series concluded, and so you know, very, just a very impressive night. And um, yeah, looking forward to see what he has to offer for the season um, with all that stuff. But uh, you know, and, and and you know, moving back to uh, you know, kind of you know, some of the impressive things of the weekend. Alex, do you have you know any any teams that you thought that were you know really got out of the gates you know storming? Yeah, so I I wanted to actually talk about the Astros a bit and. We have some uh, interesting context there because as well as Angel fans, first of all, Angels and Astros are both currently four and one. 
currently. Oh wait, that's not right. Five and Dude. one, four and two now. Yeah, really. As okay. of this afternoon, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so now the Angels, I guess, are behind in the in the AL West uh, race. But um, so the Astros, uh, if you if you're keeping track, they swept the Oakland Athletics, who were the winners of the division last year. And we know that the A's lost some pieces. Um, and by swept, you mean? I mean a four game just just slaughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Was, it, it was not pretty for the A's. Uh, Unfortunately for their fans, but uh, the Astros definitely kind of, uh, you know, I guess they kind of had something to prove. I think that both teams had sort of uh, a bit of, you know, a little bit of beef after the uh, the series they played in uh, the 2020 postseason. You know, it, mm-hmm. it got a little chippy mm-hmm. and, you know, that's just some kind of fun divisional rivalry stuff. But I think the Astros really just, you know, they, they, they came to opening day ready to play. They came to opening weekend ready to prove something. And they really did. They, uh, they really kind of shut down the... Uh, the A's in, in all aspects. And um, I don't know if it says more about the A's or more about the Astros. But then uh, just the other night, last night actually, mm-hmm. Travis and I uh, were able to see the Angels versus Astros at the Big A. And the Angels ended up winning that one. And it was quite uh, an epic you know, affair. It was a super awesome game to be at. The crowd never, was, never been a part of something like that. The crowd was... <laughs> absolutely unreal in the way that they were the, booing the cheers and the, the booing, uh yeah. the 2017 players that were still on the team even if they weren't even like tucker and guys who like weren't yeah playing 2017. which i felt bad because it's like tucker has really done nothing wrong and you yeah know, yeah but in and then funny enough we have stassi who was a catcher for them in 2017 a, a backup but then, yeah. and then and then they have maldonado who was our catcher in 2017 yeah and then i, I wonder if next year they'll be booing if uh if we get correa at shortstop so right it, it, it's kind of an interesting thing because i was thinking that when they Cor- were correct yeah some of these guys about to be free agents when he was coming to bat i was like what if he's an angel next year and uh you know you know at least the the dodger fans will keep booing him but you know yeah is some of those guys might have a little uh uh, be a little bit tainted for life in some fans' eyes, but <laughs> we definitely saw it with our own two eyes and with our ears. People were throwing, you know, inflatable trash cans. I think one of them was real. One real trash can, yeah. Onto the onto the outfield behind Mike Trout. Um, it was just a really incredible to. I'm I've never I. It's funny. Like, I was telling my dad who was at the game with me, and I like. There's lots of like anti-bullying uh, like campaigns you see these days, and like in, no, yeah, in, in yeah. the modern you know yep. society, but. It's absolutely un- – I've never heard something like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, how many people were in the stadium probably, you know? 13,000 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we're talking – And yeah. it, was, it was packed on a Monday night. Tens yeah. of thousands of people all just gathering. And 10% and, blue. And, and booing these guys. It Dodger was, was, Faithful it came was, out it, to it was, it was uh, pay their respects, but yeah. Uh, there was a little kid that walked by me and my dad and he had an Altuve t-shirt on. He was like 10. My dad's like, I think that's Altuve, but like – <laughs> honestly like the you know the, that that poor little kid like just watching his favorite player just getting rip, ripped to shreds you know does Altuve deserve it you know yeah yeah very, and you know yeah, very fair but yeah and, and and you know I I don't think it's going to be you know a problem at, I mean at least Angel Angel Stadium I mean I'm not going to say anyone's going to get like you know like threatened or all that kind of stuff but I did I I was wondering you know if you walked out of there with an Astros you know jersey or, or, or t-shirt on I was like oh geez you know maybe that's not um, at least you're going to get you know you know heckled and all that kind of stuff but yeah it, um, it it was it was it was completely unreal it was an experience i'll probably never forget like the one time i witnessed the onslaught of of against the astros players and yeah. and, and and they have it coming and they know it's going to keep coming throughout the season as the fans uh attendance grows more and more it's just going to get bigger and bigger oh, definitely and, and, um, I, and I, I know last year you and me had tickets for opening day and it was angels 
um, playing Astros right here at, at the Big A. And yeah, um, when that got canceled, we were pretty bummed because yeah, we knew we knew I, what the Astros were going to be in for. And, and I knew the crowd was going to be, of course, you know, hundred percent capacity, and I, I knew it was going to be, you know, I, I knew there were going to be quite a lot of Dodger fans there too, and so. Um, it, it was definitely disappointing because I wanted to see what was going to happen because it was right out, you know, it was only, you know, a couple months old. Um, it, it was going to be crazy, I think, last year. But, I mean, it, it, it still was crazy. It, and and it you still show, had a, a good year of a wait. And people still have not forgotten you. No, as, as it, you see. it shows that the fans remember. Yeah. The, no, The exactly. fans remember and they probably will never forget anytime yeah, soon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, long story short, it was an incredible game to be at. And so we witnessed some really good uh, back and forth play from the two teams. Uh, Quintana got off to a rough start for the Angels. Allowed, I believe, three in the first. Correa had a nice hit that drove some guys in. But um, it's it, honestly like, I don't know if they they are able to tune out the booing. But I feel like some of those guys it makes them better. I feel like Correa, like whenever, whenever, yeah, whenever he got yeah. booed, he just ripped one. It was no, of- it, it, and I was thinking that too. I'm like, you're only gonna boo them, and then they're gonna come out with a big hit later. And I think Altuve had a had an RBI single like in in the fourth or yeah. in the seventh. And he I was battled, just like, he battled one. I was like, oh, you're gonna you're just gonna you're gonna wake up this like sleeping giant that's just gonna come out and and you know hit. And I mean, they still they 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 can they all can hit. I mean, it, yeah. they they lost Springer, but I mean, as you saw in against you know the Oakland A's, they. They destroyed there, and then you know the Angels. They still they still hit the ball. I mean, right. I think they scored five runs. No, they scored four runs today, and then they scored six runs yesterday. So I mean, you still have ten runs in in two games. So um, definitely. But, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess my team uh, that was impressive was just the Astros yeah. in the way that they were able to just totally manhandle the the Oakland A's, mm-hmm. and then they come to Anaheim. The boos were unreal, but they played really hard. Um, they had a pitcher who I'd never seen before on the mound, and he did his job more or less for mm-hmm. a good stretch of the game. Oh, the starting pitcher for that for the Astros the last night. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought he was gonna get. I thought hit. he was gonna get teed off. Yeah, but, but I mean, he actually he held on for a bit yeah, there, no, definitely. and then, um, and then today we saw Granke uh, yeah. do overall uh very solid. Give a trout a trout homer in the first, but that will happen. And give Angel, Angel Hernandez the umpire a little bit of credit too with some of those calls. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it goes both ways, but um, yeah. but yeah, the Astros I think. They've sort of shown that they're kind of ready to, uh, you know, live up to the expectation without Springer. And maybe Framber might take a while on the uh, injured list. And I think they're ready to deal with that as well. I think they're going to be a real threat in the AL West. Um, I think the Angels, you know, I think I think that series that, you know, they, they traded one game to one that we just saw. I think that that yeah, is going to be kind of a recurring thing going forward is which team is going to sort of take hold of the division. That's what I think. Definitely, definitely. So, so Charles, what are you thinking in terms of a team that really caught your eye uh, thus far a few games into the season? Yeah, I know. Um, and it's funny, I talked about them last week. Um, and I know it's, you know, only the first four to five games of the season. But, you know, really the, the Philadelphia Phillies caught my eye. Um, you know, just the way that their pitching staff went out and just like totally handled, manhandled um, the, the Atlanta Braves. I mean, you know, Atlanta Braves, I still think is, you know, a, just a deadly offense to deal with. And Nola came out opening day and just threw great. And then you had, um, Young, yeah, please. yeah. And then, win money. and then you had, uh, you had Wheeler come out on Saturday, I believe, cause they didn't play Friday. And, and he, uh, we were watching that game in my living room and it was like, yeah. and I think he, he shut them out. And then of course he like ripped the double and it, it, it was just, it was so impressive to see, um, you know, Wheeler come out after I think a, kind of a bumpy year last year, but I mean, I'm, I'm not going to blame him for having a bumpy year in, in the kind of year that they had last year, but um, yeah, and then I think, and, and I then think Nola and, and Wheeler are definitely a very 
Definitely a, a very for, scary for, and good formidable one, too. one too. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely, definitely. And that's why the NL East is so deadly. The Phillies, who are picked fourth to, to win the division, I mean, still have a, a great one, two, three. And then, like I said, and then Eflin coming in on Sunday pitched tremendously against against the Braves. And you know, it's funny. I think the Braves. I, I've always seen them every single year. They always like lose the first opening series. They always just kind of have a really rocky start. I guarantee they'll probably pick it up later on. But I mean, very impressive. And and then of course, looking at you know the Degrom start. You know, kind of kept the game close when facing DeGrom and then came back on the, you know, the Mets bullpen, which, you know, the Mets were, that was their goal this offseason to kind of fix that bullpen and to kind of help, you know, some of those starters, you know, get the wins that they deserve. Um, a very, a very, very impressive weekend by the Phillies. Um, offense was rocking. Um, the pitching staff was great. And so um, definitely a strong start that they needed. And I think right now they're, they're playing and, and, and they, they have a chance to go five and zero. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, getting off to that good of a start, that that's definitely going to be very helpful in, in you know, probably August or September um, when, when you're kind of, you know, stumbling here and there. You want to make sure you have those games that you got in the beginning, especially against division teams. So Yeah, and I want to kind of piggyback off what you just brought up there with the Mets. You know, it was sort of their job to revitalize that pen, get a little, maybe a little bit of uh, depth, both pitching-wise and, uh, um, you know, with the bats. And, you know, they did, they did add multiple pieces. And I don't think their offseason was like this, you know, well, it wasn't squandered by any means. But, you know, with, with the new owner that they got, I do think that they, you know, were ready to make a really big move. And yet here we are, DeGrom's first start, uh, he gives the team six scoreless innings. Absolute masterful performance. He reminds us why he's the best pitcher right now. And then, you know, the next three innings, uh, sure enough, we get a blown save. And we get uh, uh, no decision for Degrom. Mm-hmm. That's just sort of been the theme of his tenure with the Mets, being such a dominant pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw a stat on Twitter today, and I think right now Degrom, his ERA in games that his team loses is lower than Garrett Cole's ERA yeah. in the same number of like games, like. Cole's it, regular, it, it's, it's, and Cole's the second best pitcher it's, right it's, now. So. I, I feel bad because I mean, people gave Trout so much grief and the Angels for wasting his prime on stuff. It's it's almost the same way with the Mets. I mean, I feel like sometimes you look at that and you're like, are the Mets wasting this guy's prime? Because I, I saw a stat too on Twitter that was saying, you know, I think it was he had like a in the last four seasons or the last five seasons or something like that, he had an ERA of of two two point oh seven and he had a losing record. And it's just kind of crazy. Right. You put that on, you know the Yankees or you put that on a team that, that you know has has a good offense I mean you, you should maybe have maybe 10 losses with that ERA I mean that is just unbelievable that you know the Mets you know yeah and the Mets and the Mets I don't want to act like it's doom and gloom for them they have you know played they just opened last night or the yesterday was unfortunate the, you know yeah you know situation with the, with the Nationals COVID, yeah yeah COVID COVID uh, protocols uh, stalled the, their opening night so, um, they, in opening series, yeah, right. Yeah. So, I, I'm not, I'm not acting like it's over for them and that they suck forever. But I think this is really their year to kind of prove to Degrom and to the world that, like, okay, this guy is an elite pitcher, and mm-hmm. we're gonna give him the run support he needs, or we're gonna give him the bullpen he needs to sort of uh, uh, put up the numbers that you know that you know. Essentially, Degrom uh, needs the support so the team can win because he's doing everything he can. He's doing you know as good as any other pitcher in the world. Um, Definitely. So yeah. I just kind of wanted to say that you know the Mets. That was kind of my uh, my take for like the disappointing team I thought of uh, so far. Obviously, it's the way too early picks for like you know how you think a season might go for a team. But 
Uh, I remember Travis saying in our first episode that his pick for uh, a team that he's a little underwhelmed with was the Mets. And if they don't kind of if they don't kind of correct the ship that they're on, if they don't correct, you know, the path of of failing to support DeGrom. World I Series th- bound, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think that they definitely need to uh, figure it out. And uh, they have the talent to do so. Lindor is an amazing player. Definitely. They yeah. added, a, you know, McCann's a great piece. They, they added bats, you know, mm-hmm. get a good mm-hmm. get, get a good full season from Alonzo. Um, you know, McNeil's great. Um, so they have the pieces, but... They have to put it together, and mm-hmm. until they do so, uh, I feel a little bit better for DeGrom and his inability to uh, get wins despite his quality starts. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, So what do you think, Travis? What's a team that sticks out in your mind as someone yeah. who has something to prove still? Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny that we we're, were just talking about the Astros. I mean, you know, for me, you know, in the weekend they played against the A's, I mean, the disappointing team for me this past, you know, weekend with, you know, the way the opening weekend went, um, I'd probably say the Oakland A's just because – um, man, I mean, like you said, they got swept, but they, they just got destroyed when they got, you know, losing all four games. I mean, every game wasn't close. I think the Astros offense almost, you know, reached like 40 runs in four games. So almost averaging 10 runs a game. Um, the differential was insane. I think it was almost 26 run differential for the entire series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I pulled up, the, I pulled up the rundown here. Okay. The, the first game was a eight to one win for the Astros over mm-hmm, the A's. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at uh game two Couple nine was, spots game two was nine to five okay then we're talking nine to one and then we're talking nine to two okay yeah i mean and, I mean, then, and then uh they just lost ten to three to the yeah. dodgers so now is that you know thank god i mean let's go dodgers because i mean they're playing the uh the AL and AL West team and there's there's nothing better than just kind of bury your foot into uh into the division rivals. Into the yeah. division rivals. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with all that. And, I, you know, I, I continue to, you know, have them keep losing. That would be great. But, um, yeah, I mean, just the way they lost, you know, pitching wasn't working and the hitting wasn't working. And, of course, you know, if, if you lose a close game, you can at least say, you know, a close, low-scoring game, you could say, well, you know what, the pitching did their job. The offense just didn't show up. Or if you if you win, you know, if you lose a game 10 to 11, you can say, you know, the hitting showed up. Pitching just needs to get better. You, can only, you only have to fix one aspect. But when you're losing 9 to 1, 9 to 2, um, you're looking at both sides and it's like both need to do better just for us to even compete in a ball game. And so um, it was very disappointing for that to not even get a win um, against any of the Astros. And even and you look at the Astros, they don't have uh, Framber and they don't even have Justin Verlander. They have Granke, who, you know, is still um, throwing it at, at, at a great high level. But, you know, looking after that, they have a couple other guys that um, are, are on the rise, but, you know, not not technically like elite, you know, yet. And so it, it, it's just kind of disappointing that they could not get anything going. And, and it kind of shapes into, you know, my disappointing player of, of kind of opening weekend. And that's going to be Matt Chapman. Um, looking at his some of his stats on the weekend, it, you know, nothing to even be proud of on him on his part. You know, batting only, you know, a buck 33. Uh, no home runs, only two hits, um, a couple RBIs. But you look at kind of the on-base and slugging. I mean, it's, it's – I mean, I know that the sample size is so low, but um, definitely not – at least a, something to be desired. Yeah, definitely not an all-star bat and definitely not, you know, a lot of you are thinking, you know, almost a dark horse to the uh, to the MVP um, for the past couple seasons just because of what he's been able to offer with them. Um, you know what you're going to get with his glove, but you know what the hitting, you know, that, you know, he can provide power in the bat. But, um, you know, losing losing Liam Hendricks to definitely close out the games was definitely, you know, kind of a kind of a step back. But, you know, they they, they basically have the same starting pitching. They have the same offense. It's... 
It's yeah. almost the same team as, you, as as the division winning team last year, and then the twenty nineteen team. It, it's 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 just kind of you know funny yeah, that you, you you only lose Semyon. Uh, that's right. That's right. Semyon. Yep. I believe Grossman as well. But like, but yeah, these are guys who you think that the A's being you know they have a, a very solid system, a well run organization. They seem to find players out of nowhere sometimes, and you think that they'd be able to replace these guys with at least you know com- uh, uh, comparable um, replacements, but you know. Some players are interesting on their team. Like, I think Mark Canna uh, is, you know... Almost gets, carrying that right now. I think yeah, I saw a little I, meme earlier today. I, I think he gets, he's, he's getting better and better. Um, he's an exciting player, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I'm a big fan in Olsen, too. I mean, Olsen is definitely a, a, uh, yeah. a, a top first baseman. Definitely a, probably a top 10 first baseman in, in MLB. Oh, for sure. Um, Walsh coming for that pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> Watch out! But uh, but no, it, it's it's just you know it, it, I know it's only been five games and it's kind of you know early takes from us, but it's definitely you know I mean zero for five and I think now zero for six is is you know probably the worst start you can ever get out to, um, out of the gates. So, um, and, you know it's only going to get tougher for them. So I mean you have to dig out of this hole, probably get back to five hundred, and um, especially especially when you, the expectation is we just won the division. Of course, yeah. Last year was yeah. their best year in a few years. Yeah. Last year, they kind of were like, oh, the A's are they one of the best teams in the AL. Yeah, that's yeah. What people were saying in the short season. Yeah. And then that's the expectation. And then you get off to this kind of start. I completely understand why you're disappointed and with they, them. And they definitely kept up with the Astros in that in that one, uh, in the series, in the ALDS. Um, it, it, it was right. kind of a coin flip between them to go play um, the Rays in the ALCS. So, um, yeah, it, it just, it, it, I mean, is this, could this be like, you know, the fall of kind of the Oakland A's? Because you know they don't have money to sign and to keep some of these players long term. I know Olsen and Chapman are probably not going to be guys that are going to be around for the next you know five years. Right. And so um, it's definitely an organization that I feel like you know it, you know it isn't in panic mode yet, but just you know needs to kind of get everyone you know onto the same page you know for for you know winning ball games. But um, with that, I mean you know looking at Chapman, who, who's your disappointing player, Alex, for this past weekend? So I'm gonna highlight a player who. Um, Unfortunately, I haven't watched too many Brewers games, haven't had that opportunity, but I do have Keston Huria on my fantasy team, and I got a notification on my phone right before we started recording, and it said that he's 0 for 15 with, I want to say it was, it was seven or eight strikeouts, and he's, I think he has one walk, but in my league, average is what matters in my fantasy league, and that's not going to cut it. <laughs> I think I think having a first baseman who is has zeros in his That's right, first base. in, in his batting yeah. average is not going to be very good for your run production. Um right now the Brewers I th- I think I saw that they're 1 for 3, I think, and they're playing right now. Yeah, yeah, but, 1 and 3. And so, I mean, it, you know, I I picked them to win the division. Do I think it's still uh, a go? Absolutely. I think first series who cares? They'll, get, they'll, they'll be ups and downs throughout the season. It's a long season. But, I mean, when I have to pick someone who's disappointed me, how can I not go with my fantasy first baseman who is batting just absolutely atrocious? Um, I guess they gave him the day off today in favor of Vogelbach, and they want to kind of give uh, Keston like a bit of a mental break. He, he can reset, recharge, mm-hmm. get ready for the next game, um, which is probably a good idea. I, I like the decision. Um, but... Yeah, in terms of starting off the season strong, he didn't. Uh, he wasn't able to do that. I know he had a bit of a rocky twenty twenty, and I, he was kind of in my mind a, cont- a contender for like a bounce back guy. So I'm really hoping he does. He is able to turn it around and kind of prove to us what he can do with the bat. But um, yeah, as their first baseman, you're just gonna need to see more, or else they're gonna have to you know figure something else out because Definitely. that that won't work. Definitely. Okay, so Travis, I wanted to ask you a quick little question. 
something I saw on Twitter today that was, it was kind of a mind blower. So today, uh, Rognito Door was traded to the Yankees, and also today the movie Major League came out. Um, I think in uh, nineteen eighty eight or something like that. Wow, too. big day for baseball. <laughs> movie comes out. Actually, I don't know the year. I just know it came out today. A few a few decades later, we're talking about Rognito Door. Exactly. What a, what a day for baseball. Exactly. But uh, neither here nor there. Uh, Odor is now a Yankee, and that mm-hmm. should be interesting. I guess he's just kind of going to be an infield depth piece for them. Um, it's good because they can't have any uh, facial hair, but with him, he's got the biggest problem. He's got you know bald balding already. I, so. I, I I I think I think what makes sense for him would be a, just a, a complete cue ball look. I think that yeah. could be kind of shave it, it all, man. It, yeah. it, it could be nice, yeah. but um, eyebrows. <laughs> ah, okay, um, but Charlie Villanueva. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but yeah. So Rugnet Odor, I saw a thing about him on Twitter. Uh, being a Yankee, and it really kind of was surprising. And I don't know what I really thought about Odor and his his age and where he was at as, in, in terms of his you know a tenure in the league. But uh, someone did a comparison in terms of ages between him, Judge, Gio Urshela, and Gary Sanchez. And I want you to try to rank those four players from oldest to youngest. I'm talking Rugnit Odor, Aaron Judge. Gary, uh, Gary, Sanchez Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela. Try to rank those guys on age. Start with oldest, go to youngest. And talk to us through your process. You can, you know, whatever you think. All right. I mean, you know, I know Judge is actually older than a lot of people think. And I think he's like 28, 29, which is surprising. And I'm going to have him being the oldest or the second oldest. So he's kind of in my, in my top tier of oldest. You're bookmarking him towards the top. Um... Just by what I see in I, just by what I've seen for, with Odor, and he's been in the league for you know I think six or something years. I'm gonna say he's the oldest, so it goes Odor, Judge as the two oldest. Odor being the first, and then I'm gonna go with. Um, this is surprising. I'm gonna go with Geo next, and then Gary being the youngest. Right. I, I know there's a couple of years where Gio was in Cleveland and I think Toronto that we kind of really didn't see him on the scene. I, I, some of these players only, sure. only burst on the scenes when they come with a certain team. So I'm going to go oldest Odor, then Judge, then Gio, then Gary. All right. So just to lock in uh, your guesses there, you had Odor as oldest, then Judge, mm-hmm. and then you had Gio as uh, second youngest mm-hmm. and Sanchez as the youngest. Yep. And I think that makes sense. I think when I saw this this tweet, I think I had a similar train of thought. Um, I remember San- Sanchez not that long ago like had some records for, like one of the quickest players, like 100 home runs or something. Something weird like yeah, that. I forget yeah. the stat, but yeah. it was something interesting. Um, but either way, I think you're probably going to be a little bit surprised by the ages of some of these guys. Oh, God. So uh, Rugnet Odor is actually the youngest of all four. <laughs> so Odor is actually younger than Judge Urshela and Gary Sanchez. Oh, I, I poor, thought, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I, it's interesting because Judge, he, you think of him as, as being you know kind of younger just because his breakout rookie year was like a few seasons ago. 20, yeah, 17, yeah. But, but, but we all know, or you know, if, if, you, if you follow you know, the Yankees, you know that he is actually like in his, in his late 20s. I have his, well, it's a bird in our backyard. Um, but you have, uh, Aaron Judge, he is currently, uh, 28 and 345 days. He was born in 92. Okay. Um, so he is actually, 
Not even the oldest, though. The oldest is actually Gio Urshela. Wow. Gio is uh, 29 and uh, some change. So uh, Gio being 29, um, we have Judge at 28 years old. And then Gary sitting third. Gary is surprisingly old in my mind as well. He's 28. Huh. I thought he'd be younger. Yeah. But then Odor, I think of him as older than all these guys. He's actually the youngest. I'll tell me like 25. Odor is currently 27. So okay. not that not that not, not wow. that young, but compared to those guys, you know, I thought Urshela and And it's and, funny that you say it because they they the youngest has been in the league the longest. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing for Gary. And then Judge, and then Gio, because Gio, I think, started in, like, 2016 or 17, yeah. something like that. And so, yeah, wow. But just interesting little tidbit there yeah. I saw on Twitter, just kind of interesting. I, I think some people were like, oh, Odor washed going to the Yankees. I'm like, okay, well, he's actually younger than all their stars, so. No, yeah, yeah, Kind of interesting. Yeah. All right, Alex. So, uh, yeah, the next area I kind of want to talk about, you know, like we always do in all of our shows, and you're kind of just going over, you know, at least, you know, our team, Angels, and going over, the, you know, the review of the past opening weekend and um, the past two games uh, of the uh, the Houston Astros series. So, um, but yeah, just basically, you know, give me kind of your takeaways from, um, you know, the, the past two series. So, yeah, I, I have some, I have some definitely some uh, interesting thoughts about what I've seen so far from this team. Uh, the biggest takeaway I would say is that I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really interesting group of guys, and I think they're all playing at a level right now that gets me hopeful for what they can do this season. Uh, there's many guys you can start with. Um, I'm going to start with the fact that Trout, uh, I mean, Trout's playing like an MVP, like mm-hmm. he always is, mm-hmm. but uh, he had no home runs up until yesterday night when we saw him hit his first one That's right. uh, yeah. of the season. So that whole first series, you know, no dingers, which, mm-hmm. you know. Just just getting on base. <laughs> just, just, yeah, just doing the job, getting the walks, and, uh, you know, scoring. Uh, he, he did have an RBI single, you know. Yeah. So he's kind of doing doing everything he can. Um, but the fact that the power picked up recently is, is a great sign. But just the fact that he was doing it in other ways, didn't have to be with his power, um, that was a great sign. Also, someone like Anthony Rendon, who uh, – you could uh, you could definitely argue he's been slumping to start the season. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't, you know. It's been a few games, you know. That will happen to any any great yeah. player. But I, I, I'll definitely say Rendon and and Fletcher a little bit of a slumping, you know, side to them because I know that you right. know just the way that they're they operate um, haven't been seeing that. But you know, like you said, it's yeah. And and, well, and the reason why we hold them to a high standard is because they're like the definition of consistency mm-hmm. in our team. Mm-hmm. Guys like maybe Justin Upton, mm-hmm. Albert Pools. You know, you don't, you know, on a game to game basis, you're not sure what you're gonna get. But Fletcher and Rendon are usually the guys who will always give you something. And the fact that our offense is clicking the way it is, despite them being a little bit inconsistent to start the year, I think is a great sign. I think it means that you know, since since the fact that the other guys, the guys who aren't in the top four of the order, those guys are kind of rising to the occasion. You have Walsh hitting game winning home runs. Mm-hmm. You have Upton hit a go ahead a homer. Yep. You have Albert hit a three-run jack off Keuchel. You have um, Stassi hitting a home run in the opening day. Mm -hmm. The fact that some of these guys in the lower half of the order are uh, really turning it up, uh, they're kind of almost responding Mm -hmm. to the the Fletcher and uh, Rendon uh, minor slumps. I think that fact alone is kind of showing us, uh, us Angel fans, what this lineup is capable of since the mm-hmm. lower half of it is, you know, just directly responding and picking up that slack. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's one of the most interesting things I've noticed personally um, in the season so far. Uh, I think that it's a great sign. And I think the pitching has been um, 
overall, overall, I would say pretty solid. Heaney had a rough, a bumpy outing, but mm-hmm. that will happen. Uh, I do have hope for him still. He's a great strikeout pitcher. Um, his strikeout numbers are always really good. He just got to piece together and avoid the long ball. Uh, Mercedes also has his best night of his most memorable night of his career, probably going five for five. That definitely hurt Heaney's numbers uh, yep. for the first few innings there. Yep. A brave grand slam, mm-hmm. you know, probably avoidable, but you know, um, overall, I think Angels pitching is in a better spot than we expected. I think some of the lesser, lesser, lesser uh, known bats in our in our lineup stepped up in a big way. Definitely. So I'm excited with what we're seeing, and if there's a week going forward where the pitching makes a hiccup, maybe Rendon picks up the slack, and maybe if there's a week where Rendon's going crazy, it gives you know Walsh and Stassi a break, and they can you know if everything is kind of balances each other out then i think we can expect you know a consistent uh winning uh kind of culture for this team so i've liked what i've seen so far definitely definitely um no yeah i was gonna say the same thing too you know with with the with the bottom of the lineup kind of picking it up when the top of the lineup maybe doesn't you know um have its you know fair share or luck with the first time around or, or you know anytime in the batting order um Definitely, I mean, the first time we saw Stassi, I mean, Stassi had a home run, I think, in the fourth inning that kind of picked up the offense. And it was like, wow, this, I mean, this guy, this guy's definitely, you know, a, a, a turning himself into a very, very good catcher. Um, and now, you know, on the hitting side as well. He had a good hitting season last year um, and continues now as, as we start 2021. Um, and then, you know, you kind of see, you know, guys like Fowler. I, I see Fowler kind of as, a, you know, I, it's almost like all the times where we've come and had clutch um you know, eighth or seventh or ninth inning rallies, it's always like Fowler was getting kind of a good hit or almost a big hit. I had a big hit um, in uh, Monday night's game that kind of kept the rally going. And um, even though necessarily he's not really doing it for the first seven innings, which, you know, kind of, you know, sucks in a way, but, you know, it, it's nice to have him, you know, kind of providing that clutch hit, hit you know, every once in a while. Um, and then also Upton. I mean, wow. I mean, I think Upton is definitely, you know, another X factor to the team. I mean, his bat, you know, his whole career in Arizona and also a little bit with the Padres and with Detroit was unbelievable. Really didn't have a good uh, 2019 because he came off of a, of a turf toe injury. And then um, looking at 2020, um, first 40 games were just atrocious. I mean, just awful. And then, you know, picked it up the last 20 games. And that's kind of, you know, continuing. And that really, that, the Upton last 20 games really carried into his spring training, which was very good. Yeah, and yeah. And now we're seeing him contribute in the in the, yeah. in the in the big leagues again, seeing him be a, a real force in this yeah. offense in twenty twenty one, I think yeah. you know if and he I, can kind of maintain like a consistent like contribution doesn't have to be all star numbers just a consistent contribution as like exactly. a five six hitter exactly depending on the lineup that day obviously a lot of switching around because of Otani and these different guys mm-hmm. and pools but um, and limiting the strikeouts because you know he's gonna you know he's gonna see yeah. he's gonna see the bases loaded or runners in scoring position. Uh, a whole lot this year with Rendon and Trout hitting in front of him. And even when he slumps, he'll hit the occasional homer. Exactly. But yeah. getting the bat on the ball just when we need it mm-hmm. in the middle of a rally, mm-hmm. being in the middle of the order in the, in the five or six spot, like that is what's going to be really impactful for this team. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a stat uh, about uh, last night's game that we were at, uh, Monday night's game. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there was only, I think there were, uh, the only extra base hit was Trout's homer. And we right, scored yeah, all yeah, the rest yeah. of the runs just off, you know, good play discipline yeah. with our walks as well as yeah. uh, clutch singles when we needed them. Yeah. Balls through the infield, bloopers. Um, yeah, and I saw something on Twitter too because they're they're referencing the two thousand two uh, World Series team where, you know, you, you watch like a documentary on that. They're just they're literally just hitting teams to death right. and putting the ball in play. And that's that's literally what I saw last night in the eighth inning. I mean, you have bases loaded 
and um, and I remember Fletcher almost chopped one over, you know, yeah. a nice, just kind of slow chopper at Altuve. They only got the out at second, but but Fletcher was safe at first. We were able to, I believe, tie it right there. And then you have Walsh come in and just smoke one. And yes, Gurriel stops it and gloves it, but has to make a rush throw to home plate, a miss throw. And you, you, know, you just put, it's, it's, this, it's the simplest thing in baseball. You put the ball in play and you force the defense to almost make the mistakes. And it's like you limit strikeouts. This kind of stuff will happen. You don't even have to get a base hit all the time. Um, and and we saw that last night's game. And it, it's it's just it, it's it's amazing what you see when you get good pitching. And that's another thing I want to talk about is is you know the bullpen. Yeah. But you know go back to you know the, the the hitting. You get you get good pitching that you know keeps you in the ball game. Just putting the bat on the ball and and letting almost the defense make mistakes. We saw. Um, we saw, you know, Luis Robert take a ball off his head. We saw, yeah. we saw um, Adam Eaton drop a ball. It's just like, you know, you see these, you know, everyone makes errors. I mean, it's kind of crazy that some of these guys at high levels are making these errors. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple no, in that I, way. I think that's a great point, the whole putting the ball in play in, in the right scenarios, of course. Um, there's something to be said about, you know, the modern, the modern philosophy is all about um, hitting home runs, mm-hmm. Drawing walks mm-hmm. and striking out, yeah. like you don't want a ball and play if it's gonna be a double play, you know. Yeah. And, and and there's something to be said for that, you know. It, there's 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 you know there's math and science that back the fact that you know swinging for the fences is probably the best thing you can do in most scenarios. But when you have bases loaded mm-hmm. and the tying run is on third base mm-hmm. and there's zero outs, I believe. Yeah. You yeah. want Fletcher up on base or up to bat, sorry, and you want him to put the ball in play. Yeah, you yeah. don't want someone that's swinging huge and for a grand out. slam yeah. and might accidentally strike out. You strike so, out, that's one out. Next guy comes up. Double play. Drop, drop you, inning and, over. And, yeah. you're, and you're losing. Yeah, you're losing yeah. that game. Because they're def- going to put in their clothes. There's definitely so. nice approaches I'm seeing at the play with all that stuff. And, and, and you know, it, it's nice to have this start and, 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 and keep it going that way. But, I mean, one one point I want to talk about with you um, has, been, has been the bullpen. I mean, last year – the first week after the first six or seven games the bullpen had blown i think already three or four games and it's just <laughs> and it's just like oh my oh my god like what, yeah. what are we gonna do to it, this but it, it, it kind 20, of elaborate on that yeah. in 2020 or uh, let's actually rewind all the way to 2019 let's uh, rewind to 20 <laughs> let's, let's, let's get out of this whole decade yeah <laughs> but 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 if, if we take a look at 2019 hansel ropeless had a very very impressive uh, out, uh season as our closer Going into 2020, he had a really rocky start. He pretty much lost his closer job. Every, there was kind of a uncertainty in who was our closer. Yeah, early in the year, we were blowing stuff. This year, I mean, even so far, today, we're 2-2, and uh, Rosal Iglesias gives up uh, Homer to Correa to yeah. sort of blow the... Not, not to blow the save, but to get the loss, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a few days ago, I think it was uh, on Sunday night game, Iglesias throws oh, a ball over oh, Rendon's oh head. He 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 somehow got the glo- got the glove on the on the uh the hard hit ball. He identifies that the runner is kind of in no man's land, and he makes the throw to Rendon, which he probably had time just to run at him. Yeah, maybe he's yeah. probably he's probably thinking double play. I'm not sure what he's thinking. So he but he threw it really quickly, and it was off target. And 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 watching that was kind of funny because I was like, you know, pitchers are just such rare. I don't want to say human beings, but just such rare baseball players because. It you know it every single time you see a ball hit back to the pitcher and he wants to turn to and go for go for um, second base, I can't tell you how many times yeah. I see guys just airmail sail it into the center field. It, it's just so weird where you can throw a strike, but to throw into a bag, you can't you can't hit accuracy yeah. for he 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 made the great play and, and and threw it to first base and he almost threw over David Fletcher's head. I mean David Fletcher is an athlete yeah. he was able to get up there and touch the bag. And I remember Alex Rodriguez on uh, on the air was saying you know he had time to go too, but I was like you know what. 
as a pitcher, right. you you got to get an out. I thought the same thing as yeah. you. I'm like, you're right. I kept talking about yeah. you're looking double play there, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, in an ideal, it's role, a tough sure. play. It's in a tough ideal, play for and, a pitcher, and yeah. and and when you're and when you're leading, you just got to get an out. And then the play happened where you know the runners at second base, and I forget who hit it, but you know Iglesias got it. And I mean, my first reaction is you know always when I was playing is like you know always run at the runner. Don't just throw it to the bag because right. then the runner has you know a way that you know instincts and get back to the other bag. But it's you know at one thing I would say run at the runner or let's just go to first base and get the out. And then, you know, the runner's at third base and then you have two outs runner at third base. And I know um, Abreu came up and I know the result of that was a, was a strikeout. And so, it, you know, the, in, the ball game would have been over. So with me, it's always, you know, the, the bullpen, it's, it's, it's always, you know, get an out, get the for sure out yeah. and then worry about the guy at the plate. I mean, and then, yeah, so I, I think that's good points. And, and, you know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to drill into uh, Iglesias' defense a bunch. Well, I had a great I, Thursday night. I mean, he had a good straight save on Thursday night. Right. And I, I think, I think that he's going to, you know, prove to be a really viable bullpen piece for us. I think he's going to have a really good season. Other guys step up, uh, when needed, uh, uh, Mike Mayers, we like mm-hmm. him a lot. He had a, some good outings. Um, Chris Rodriguez, Chris, yeah, Chris Rodriguez's efforts in in like middle really middle slash team. like long relief, like he gets he gets a couple innings in, and I think he he had like a couple innings of shutout play mm-hmm. one game, and then uh, last night he had a couple uh, maybe two and change uh, innings for. Uh, only one run, I believe. I think yeah, one run, but I mean, still been been almost like a above a, and beyond a, a fresh a fresh youth life to this bullpen that you know i think now when he comes out every angel fan from kind of the hype we got him from from being a prospect and, and i think it's kind of offering you know a new perspective to our bullpen and, and you know everyone i think is very very excited for what he has to offer and yeah, so and so, also looking at um you know watson c-check and sleggers and you yeah, know all these different you know almost so all, kind all, of tools in our toolbox yeah. and sleggers being i think he's like 610 I, yeah, I mean, imagine a six ten guy coming down here and just throwing ninety. It's a different it, look. It, it's it's a different look from you know Watson, and it's a different look from Rodriguez, and a different look from Cishek, and it, it's it it's yeah. definitely a bullpen that you that, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it looks the past couple of years, every guy has been thrown out of the same arm angle, and it, it's you know it definitely showed when you know our ERA was five plus. Yeah, and and now you know you, you look at ball games. You, we're definitely calming down um, offenses in in the sixth, seventh, and eighth, and ninth innings. So yeah, to to, to touch base on a uh, on a uh, Chris Rodriguez again. So currently he's pitched four point two innings across two different games in long relief, and uh, he has an ERA of one point nine three, which is a uh, super super above and beyond what I expected yeah. for his first yeah. like, couple big big league outings. I think at this rate we'll see how. Guys like Heaney shape up. Guys like Quintana, if they have a better second start than their first, we'll see if. Cobb, I think they will. I mean, I think they will yeah, too. But yeah. and then we'll see if if uh, if a guy like Alex Cobb is going to continue doing what he did in that mm-hmm. first start, mm-hmm. or if he might regress a bit. We'll see, and we'll 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 we'll, uh, we'll kind of evaluate when we get there. But I think C Rod is without a doubt like he is the guy they're going to go to if someone does not do their job in the yep. starting role. Yep. He has shown that. You know he's ready mm-hmm. to do multiple mm-hmm. innings of work because mm-hmm. they're using him in the bullpen. But both times they use them, it's a two plus inning affair, and he gets the job done. You know as good as any reliever and, in our and no one right now. and no one in Major League Baseball has seen this guy ever. Right. So completely I mean, fresh. I, I mean, you get you get an order. You 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 go three up, three down for three straight innings. That's nine batters that have never seen this guy before. So I think that that's definitely gonna yeah. you know that's definitely helping him be coming out of the uh coming out of the pen and and, and no one's seen him before. So Yeah, and I, um, I don't want to jump the gun and like, you know, get, you know, expect too much from the kid, but no, yeah, I yeah. I think being being one of our of our top prospects, he's like I believe fourth in our system. It depends mm-hmm. if you if you don't count Joe Adele or if you do. Yeah. But um 
he, he's right in that top five range. And I think that if you uh, sort of look at what he's done so far at the big league level against good, good offenses, mm-hmm. against the White Sox, against the Astros, really great players. He's going up there and he's putting up really competitive outings. He struck out Bregman in three pitches, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, last night. Yeah. Um, you know. And did tremendous against the White Sox. I think he, he struck out Mankata and um, yeah, I mean, I, he, I mean, he just he he shoved it to the White Sox yeah, too, which I, I mean, they, they have a top top ten offense I, in, in I, MLB. So. I think Madden actually used him very well last night. I yeah. was I was telling my dad we're sitting there. I I can tell they're gonna pull Quintana, and we're talking about like a lefty who they probably you know starting pitcher lefty. They probably built their order kind of with that in mind. Mm-hmm. I told my dad I think they're gonna go C Rod because they need a couple innings here. From a reliever, and they need they probably want a righty who throws some heat, and they went to C Rod, and he did amazing. He mm-hmm. you know, gave up a run, but you know he did super good. So I'm really excited what I've seen from him in the and bullpen. You told your dad that, but I told my girlfriend go get me more nachos. So uh, different conversations. <laughs> different conversations happened in the Big A last <laughs> night, but that's interesting. Uh, I hope. <laughs> Poor Lauren. Uh, shout out to to her. Yeah, and they're just just continuing off um off the the way the team's playing. Uh, I, I can't I can't stop talking about Shohei honestly I think the way Shohei um, has looked both kind of in his play on the mound in the batter's box but also the way he's kind of showing emotion on the field uh, is something that we haven't seen from him honestly I think in one of his very first starts against the A's in his rookie year there was one strikeout he got with like with like bases loaded a couple guys on 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 uh you know on the base paths and he got a big strikeout and he kind of he kind of yelled and kind of pumped his fists. And I always thought that was a really cool moment from him. And I feel like I haven't really seen that since. Obviously, he hasn't been on the mound that much in the last couple seasons. But I do think the way he's been emoting um, is super, a super, super good sign for our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just the, the last night, the game, they pinch hit Shohei. Mm-hmm. When, I saw, when I saw him standing in the batter's box, and I think it might have been a tied ball. I think we might have been losing. I, I yeah we were we were starting to because he it was only runners I think on first and second and we were still down by two yeah, yeah. and I was like okay they're pinch hitting Shohei for Suzuki I love the idea that's did, right we, that's right we didn't start him today I was like I love the idea if it works then we got Stassi defensively for the ninth and if um you know if it doesn't work then oh well we 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 knew we knew we put in our our really good uh, yeah, DH. Hot bat, hot bat. We right put in now, our yeah. hot bat in the right pinch hitting uh, spot with you know men on base. They put him. You know, I see him warming up. I see him taking cuts in the on deck circle, and I was like, this is gonna be awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. Shohei, I'm bummed. I'm not seeing him tonight. Oh wait, I actually am. He's gonna be pinch hitting in yeah. the biggest inning of the game, and he gets in the batter's box and he gets beaned, and the way he stares down the pitcher, it was all over Twitter. These pictures of him just he was upset, and it, what it, it was he was not upset because. He, uh, you know, it was an owie or whatever. No, he was upset because he wanted to do some damage there. And you can see the confidence with him now, too. Oh, yeah. He he knows. Yeah, he definitely, he's, he proved to himself what he's capable of. I think he put in a lot of work this offseason, and he's really proving it with the way he's played so far. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, so he takes his base at first, and then he proves it on the on the base path with his speed. He gets around. He ends up, I think he scored that inning. Yeah, yeah, he had that slide. That was the uh, Walsh play where he slid at home and right. had a good slide. That's right, yeah. So and, and his speed, I mean, I mean, that's one thing you look at. I mean, on the base pass, it's, 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 it, it, it's almost, I mean, the craziest thing is this guy's like perfectly a five tool player. I mean, it's, he, he's, yeah, he's, six, I, seven, I, eight tools. I, I know, I know. MLB the show doesn't favor him, but man, th- this guy's speed—I know it definitely, you know—is up there with Trout because I mean he can get down the base passes. We saw 
um, on I think Thursday night he hit a you know hit a chopper same thing that Fletcher did on Monday night he hit a chopper to the second baseman and was able to beat the throw and, and stay out the double play so yeah I I do think I I think I mentioned to my dad at the game when when I when I pinch when they pinch hit Shohei there I want to say it was first and second it might have been base loaded but it was at least first and second mm-hmm. with no outs and I said this is a time to use Shohei because the very worst case scenario is he hits a hard ground ball. And I have so much confidence he's going to beat out the yeah, double play. Yeah. He's so quick down the line. Not only is he a lefty in the left-hand batter's box, but the way he kind of swings, he's kind of leaning forward anyways uh, at times. And, and um, you know, despite that all, he the, the speed is just on, a, on another, another, yeah. another planet, really. Yeah. So that was a great use by Madden to throw him in there. He wasn't afraid to use the guy who had the day off um, in the pinch hit spot. I think that's important. Um, I think games like last night matter. I think... An, uh, an Angels-Astros game kind of setting the tone for how they're going to be playing each other throughout the season. Mm-hmm. If, if, if we don't... And almost getting that, that October environment. It, yeah. I mean, you're, you're yeah. getting that in April. Well, because well, the crowd was loving it. Yeah. But yeah. then, but yeah, besides that fact, if we just kind of punted and then we said, okay, we'll let Suzuki bat and he, you know, he chops one and, you know, double play guy on third base now and then, you know, mm-hmm. even if we sacrificed him in, we're not, we're not putting up... We, we put up a legit rally because Shoei was able to get no, that definitely you know definitely. be a presence in the box you know drew the drew the hit by pitch yeah and, I mean, um, you know Joe Smith's not not he doesn't want to be that guy that gives up the three run blast to Shoei and we take the lead right there he's definitely pitching kind of around him because they know um, yeah they, they, they just don't want that kind of they they, they, know, they know they won't have that situation come yeah, up yeah so. they, they know what he's capable of but yeah just just kind of uh, taking the game seriously using the the hot bat at the right time Saying okay, Suzuki, you're not done. He drew like I don't want to say three rocks or something. He, he had a good, he had a decent night. He yeah, had, he had a decent night. But I think identifying okay, right now we need a real presence at the plate. Let's use Shohei, mm-hmm. and then we go to the nine hole, and then we go back to the top. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be really key for this inning. Mm-hmm. And so the, the and that's way, that, that's where Fowler came through. He did, that's yeah. Right. And so just just the fact that um we took the game seriously. If we don't use Shohei there, maybe we end up losing, and then all of a sudden now we actually lost the series zero two. Now we're three three in the on our season record, and mm-hmm. the Astros have bragging rights as they're undefeated. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really good that we took the game seriously. It kind of set the tone for a, a sort of divisional battle we might see going forward uh, throughout the season. Definitely, I think it's super exciting um, what we've seen so far from the Angels and. Also, I guess from the Astros in a way, I think it should be a fun uh, narrative going forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely looking forward to our first uh, road trip in in uh, well in Toronto, but actually in Florida. But right. um, yeah, I mean, just kind of the I, I would I would kind of almost say the swagger of the team too. I mean, I think they're all confident that you know both sides of the ball are definitely going to be you know working if, if you know hitting you know our offense is, is is in my opinion still you know almost a top ten. Pretty much the top ten actually in the MLB. So I think the hitting side of it, you know, pitching really has that comfort comfortability, you know, to you know kind of depend on the offense to score five runs a night. And then the pitching side of it, you know, they know that if they can if they can limit to four to three runs in a game, we're most likely going to get a win. So um, right. it should be it should be a fun series um, playing playing the Blue Jays after you know what they did to um, what they did to the Yankees and then also what they're doing you know right now to the Rangers. But you know that's the Rangers. So. I feel bad for hundred percent capacity and uh, the, yeah, terrible, they, terrible baseball. So yeah, they they filled up <laughs> they filled up a hundred percent just to watch Stephen Matz deal on them, and then they yeah, uh, yeah. I think today Bichette ripped one over the fence. Yeah, so, so it it'll be interesting because you will get to see their their the, how the Toronto plays. You know, kind of being that underdog role of like not really having like you know a home ballpark or like a home fan base to go to, 
and they're going to go home. So I wonder if they're going to play worse at home or if they're going to, you know, have that home field advantage. But um, yeah, it should be interesting to see uh, this four game series coming up um, with two kind of, you know, teams that are playing really good. It seems like the Angels right now are just playing teams that are, um, you know, really hot at the moment. So, and then um, we, and we got the we got the Twins coming up in a couple of weeks, and yep. Travis, you and I are going to a couple of games in that series. But yeah. uh, the Angels are starting out their season with uh, definitely a challenging schedule. Definitely, and they're competing every they're game. They're competing so, too, too. Yeah, uh, winning record, competing every outing. I think I like where the team's at. And that seems to be the question every September: is you know, oh, they didn't get out. The, they didn't get out. You know, didn't get out of the races hot. They didn't get out of the races on a, you know a good record. And so now. Hopefully this is a different story where we can at least, you know, you know, transition this into maybe if we get, you know, we're, we're going to hit our slumps in the season. And so in August or, you know, um, sometime in the summer dog days, you're going to get, you know, some, some losing records at it in 10 games. And so, um, yeah, definitely having this to fall back on is definitely going to be very, you know, good and getting right. these teams kind of like the White Sox. We only got to play them one more time this year in Chicago, and then we're done with that. And then look at Toronto um, and the Twins. We only got to play these teams one more time after we play them. So it's going to be nice to at least get them out of the way. Yeah. Then, you I th- know. I think, yeah, if we're able to preserve a winning record through mm-hmm. this kind of first month of baseball, it's going to be super mm-hmm. big for the team. Uh, I think that, you know, it. we're doing a good job by kind of uh, getting on a good uh, first step for the season against good teams. Guys like Bundy kind of putting his foot down. Extend them. Extend. Okay, this podcast officially sponsored by the Extend Bundy movement. We definitely want him sticking around in Anaheim. We love watching him. He uh he has had two very uh very good outings so far against all star and or Cy Young Hall of Famers Grinky and Gilito. He's he's dealt with them, so he's he's definitely putting his name up at the top for um definitely contention for you know in the in the top ten at least for Cy Young votes. So he he's he's doing really yeah, good he, right now. He yeah he's absolutely competing with uh, some of the best in the in the whole American League, and just to see that and then to see you know other guys stepping up. When needed, I think the team's in a in a very nice spot. Um, a lot can change in the season of baseball. Maybe our our tune change uh, sours quickly, but I think that what we've seen, we know what this team's capable of. Definitely, if they kind of keep up this momentum, it could be absolutely huge for uh, the division. Yeah, and so that and that pretty much sums up our uh, our our week one o- opening weekend and review podcast for uh, for this week. Um, we'll hit you up guys next week with kind of, you know, our thoughts and, and stories that we saw from, um, this week and then this upcoming weekend with, uh, you know, more news in, uh, MLB, but, but thank you for, uh, tuning in. Yeah. I appreciate it guys. Uh, thanks for listening and we will catch you, um, next week. Presented by tool tools podcast. <laughs>